I'm going to um, be upfront and honest with y'all today. I asked Emily to uh, ask, I'll do that. I do that every time. Like, I'll ask Elizabeth. The big red dog, Clifford, Emily, Elizabeth. <laughs> I'll ask Elizabeth to step here and play for a little bit. Today's going to be a little bit different. Um, you'll see why here in a second. Um, but I heard this story earlier this week, and it kind of, uh, it kind of, sh- with as simple as the story is, it kind of shook me a little bit. And it's about this 10-year-old boy who gets home from church with his parents, right? And they're walking in the house, and they've had a great Sunday at church. And the boy, this 10-year-old boy, looks at his dad and goes, Dad, how tall is Jesus? dad kind of with a puzzle like why does it even matter kind of look it's just like well I would suppose six foot tall son why he goes boy he said well dad how tall am I and the dad said well the last time we went to the doctor they said you're a four nine so I'd say you're four nine and the boy said uh oh uh oh we have a problem dad and dad's like why is that a problem why does that matter it matters a whole lot, Dad. It matters a whole lot. Dad was, Dad was just dumbfounded. Like, why is, why is that a problem? And the boy said, well, Dad, you see, if Jesus is six foot tall and I'm four nine, that means if he's living in me, he should stick out a little bit. Did you catch it? If Jesus has taken residence in our hearts, that means how we portray ourselves to the world should be different. Because it really should be Jesus that's overflowing out of us. And everything that Jesus has for us should overflow out of us. Because if he really is as big a God as we say he is, then he's going to stick out and overflow out of us. If he's made his presence known on the inside of us, he's going to stick out just a little bit. See, we've cried out, we've cried out for power. God, give me power, give me signs, give me wonders. And, and here we are again. And then Christ is just like, just sit in my presence and you would have power. There's something about sitting at the feet of your daddy, right? I think back. When I was seven years old, and the car comes around the corner, and the car runs over me, that's why I look so pretty, because I had, had to have semi-plastic surgery to repair all this up here, you know what I'm saying? That's why I look so good. Y'all are supposed to laugh at that, but And I don't really, looking back, remember a whole lot about that day, other than the fact that my dad had me in his arms. And I felt like I was safe. I felt like my I was protected. I felt like it was everything was going to be okay, even to the point that I thought it was okay to tell my mom to shut up as she was hanging out the window on the way to the hospital. I'm glad she didn't backhand me right there in the moment. There's something about when you're in the presence of your daddy. Sit in my presence, he says, and you'll receive the power. Get my presence inside of you and it will stick out. 
get my presence inside of you and it has to overflow because we cannot contain all that he is in us alone. That's why I love what 1 Kings 8, 27 says. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. There's other passages that talk about the, the train of his robe fills up the earth. There's other verse talking about how, how the universe just can't contain everything that he is. So if, it, if, if his presence is on the inside of us, it has to overflow out of us. And it should cause our lives to look differently than the rest of the world around us. It should cause us to walk in authority, to walk in forgiveness, to walk, walk in power. It's why we are so wanting to encounter the presence of God. And here's the deal. Like, I'm just, I'm tired of just explaining how the Holy Spirit operates. And I'm ready to see some demonstration of how the Holy Spirit operates. So we don't suffer from a lack of explanation in the church, in the Western church. We suffer from a lack of demonstration on all sorts of levels. Suffer from a lack of demonstration. The church has become a lot of a lot of talk with no walk. It's become it's it's it's, it's become a lot of lip service with a lot of couch sitting. And friend, hear hear me say, I'm convinced that the world is looking for a church and a people who who would say, who so believe in what the gospel declares that it becomes intrinsically manifested through demonstration in our in our lives. The church, the world is looking for a people that walk in the ways that God says for you to walk and walk in the power and the authority and the things that God said is true in his gospel. Because if we truly believe what the gospel says, it should send a shattering earthquake in our community. It should disrupt the plans of Satan and hell in our communities. It's more than just words. It's demonstration. That's why I love what Paul wrote to us, a friend Paul. He wrote to us in 1 Corinthians 2.4, he says, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man or wisdom of me, but in the power of God. It's not about my words that I speak up here, the words you speak, but it is about how you demonstrate your life on many levels. All the way from the simple things, to the dynamic power that you have as authority in Jesus Christ. So hear me say, I don't know about you, but I have decided from now until eternity to pursue demonstration of God's power. I jokingly told one of my pastor friends, I I can't call myself a Baptist boy anymore. I've seen too much in the last little bit. I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen devils cast out of people. I can't deny it anymore. But why do we, do, why do we pursue this demonstration of God's power in our own lives? And it's because he first pursued it in ours. Romans 3, 21 through 25 says this. But now, independently of the law, the righteousness of God is tangible, which means it's been made attainable to you. You can hold on to it. 
You can hold on to it. But now, independently of the law, the righteousness of God is tangible and brought to light through Jesus, the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scripture prophesied would come. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And now all who believe in him receive the gift. For there is really no difference between us. For we all have sinned and are in need of the glory of God. Yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us. All because Jesus, the anointed one, has liberated us from the guilt punishment and power of sin Jesus Jesus' God given destiny was to be a sacrifice to take away sins the way God demonstrated his love for us is by sending his son into the world and now he is our mercy seat because of his death on the cross we come to him for mercy for God has made a provision or a declaration for us to be forgiven by faith in a sacred blood of Jesus. And then just a little bit later, a couple chapters later in Romans 5 8, it says this, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and while we were still what? Sinners. Christ died for us. I know my favorite chapter in the whole Bible, Ephesians 2. You were dead in your sins. Dead people do anything about their situation? No. But he chose to come resurrect us, to bring us back to them. Well, that's why I love it there. It says, But God, being rich in mercy, and he patience too. He knew how screwed up you and I would be, and he still demonstrated his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. So this morning is going to be a little different, like I said. To help you understand what's about to happen, I want to read something to you. Today may be short, it may be long, it just depends on how things go, okay? So just bear with me. In Acts 16, starting in verse 11, it says this. From Troas, we sailed a straight course to the island of Sumatras, and the next day to Neapolis. Finally, we reached Philippi, a major city in the Roman colony of Macedonia, and we remained there for a number of days. When the Sabbath day came, we went outside the gates of the city to the nearby river, and there appeared to be a house of prayer and worship there. Sitting on the riverbank, we, stu- we, we, we struck up a conversation with some of the women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia, a businesswoman from the city of Thyatira, who was a dealer of exquisite purple cloth and Jewish, a Jewish convert. So she was a, she was a Gentile who converted to, Jew, to Jewish customs. She was a believer in God. And while Paul shared the good news with her, God opened her heart to receive Paul's message. And this is my prayer that God is opening your heart this morning. She devoted herself to the Lord, and we baptized her and her entire family. Afterwards, she urged us to stay in her home, saying, Since I am now a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. So we were persuaded to stay there. One day, as we were going to the house of prayer, we encountered a young slave girl who had the evil spirit of divination, the spirit of Python. She had earned a, uh, earned a great profit for her owners by being a fortune teller. 
She kept following us, shouting, These men are servants of the great high God, and they are telling us how to be saved, which sounds like a great message for a demon to be preaching. You know what I'm saying? Here in a minute, you'll see that, that, that Paul was a little annoyed at her. It's like, why would, why would Paul be annoyed? This is a great message, you know? Maybe the demon's getting saved. I don't know, you know, who knows? But if you actually read in the, read in the original uh, Greek, what this girl is actually saying is that these men are servants of the great high God and they are telling us a way to be saved. A way to be saved, if you look at that in the original language. This is why, this is why when, you, when some of you just read this story, it's like, why was Paul so annoyed? You know, like, you know. But see, a way is a conflicting narrative to Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for what? Through me. It's conflicting with the other passages in Romans that say there's no other name under heaven in which man can be saved except for his. So it makes sense now why Paul was so annoyed at this woman. So listen to this. Let me say this. There's all kinds of conflicting stories inside the church today, right? You with me? And you have to determine which who you're going to listen to. Are you going to listen to what God says or what, to who to, or to what man says? Acts 16, 18 says this. Day after day she continued to do this until Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit and dwelling her, I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her now. And that very moment, the spirit came out of her. And here's the deal, y'all. He confronts and provokes the spirit inside this woman and, and, says, and says to come out and commands the spirit to come out. Here's the deal. We have to expose the room the enemy is hiding in. We have to expose the room in which the enemy is hiding in. Derek, I feel fine. There's a room probably that the enemy is hiding in. Feeling anger? There's a room that somebody's hiding in. You, You feel one way or another, listen, there's a room that the enemy is hiding in. Anxiety? It's a room the enemy is hiding in. Depression? There's a room in which the enemy is hiding in. Now watch, watch this. When her owners realized that their potential of making profit had vanished, they forcefully seized Paul and Silas and dragged them off to the city square to face the authorities. When they appeared before the Roman soldiers and magistrates, the slave owners leveled accusations against them, saying, these Jews are troublemakers. Everywhere that Paul the disciples went, they were labeled troublemakers. They, riots were started. It's crazy. What are you doing? You with me? What water are you stirring? When they appeared before Roman soldiers and magistrates, the slave owners leveled accusations against them, saying, These Jews are troublemakers. They're throwing our city into confusion. They're pushing their Jewish religion down our throats. It's wrong and unlawful for them to promote these Jewish ways, for we are Romans living in a Roman colony. A great crowd gathered, and all the people joined in to come against them. The Roman officials ordered, ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their bare backs. And just to kind of tell you how the story ends, they're thrown in jail and they're miraculously 
the gates of the cells fling open. The soldier was about to kill himself before Paul yells out, hey, stop. And the soldier and his family become believers and there's a whole, people are freaking out because they find out that Paul's a Roman citizen and they're like, oh, I'm sorry for beating you without just cause. Like, it's this whole deal. Because Paul was like, no, they, they can tell me I'm set free, but they need to come tell me themselves face to face that I'm set free. It's a cool story. Keep reading. But here's the deal. A revival of the Spirit will provoke a riot in the flesh. A revival of the Spirit will provoke a riot in the flesh. And here, here, here we say, friend, when you start pursuing the presence of God and the darkness in your life starts to run away, your, your flesh will fight against you. Your flesh will fight against you. But here's why this is important. It's because for resurrection to occur, crucifixion to self has to happen. You need to die to yourself. Listen, if everything makes you angry, then you're living a self-life. You've got to die to self and see God move in your life. For resurrection to happen, crucifixion to self has to happen. And my question is, are you ready to die to self? Are you ready to die to self? say I'm I'm tired of just talking about the Holy Spirit I'm ready for demonstration of the Holy Spirit are you ready don't freak out don't freak out but here we go I'm about to call out and expose the enemy a little bit. You ready? I'm calling out every demonic spirit of sexual immorality in this room. I bind you and cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare freedom and holiness over your life. You are not welcomed in this room and you're not welcomed in that person's life. I bind you and cast you into hell where you belong. I'm calling out every demonic spirit of depression and anxiety in this room. You are not welcomed here. I bind you and cast you out in Jesus' name. We are children of light, and it's, and it's this light that pierces the hearts with joy. You are a deceptive spirit distracting us from the joy that is found in Christ and the cross. I'm calling out the, the demonic spirit of anger and bitterness. You must leave in Jesus' name. I'm calling out the demonic spirits of division. I bind you and cast you back into hell where you belong. I prophesy in Jesus' name restoration to that marriage, restoration to that family, re- restoration to that relationship. And along with them can, can go the spirit of unforgiveness. For we are called in Jesus' name to forgive because we were first forgiven. So God, I bind every spirit in here of unforgiveness and cast it back into hell where it belongs. Spirit of addiction, you have to go in Jesus' name. For Jesus is enough. To that demonic spirit holding on to that barren womb, those chains are loose. Go be fruitful and multiply like the Lord said. For those who have been freed but oppressed again, I call out every demonic spirit and his seven friends. Be gone with you in Jesus' name now and forever. 
that demonic spirit of deception, they are not going to be deceived any longer, thinking they are good with God, not today. I bind you and cast you out, and today I'm beckoning you, as Justin said in the announcements, today is the day of salvation. Come and find true joy in Jesus today. Deception, you have to go. I remove any generational curse in this room. I declare, Satan, you cannot have our children. Nor ha- uh, and, you, and we have entered your camp and took back everything you stole from us. And as I wrote this, I was thinking of that song, the devil can't have me or my family. This is an eviction notice to the enemy. The chain breakers in the room. I remove any generational curse in this room. I declare, Satan, you cannot have our children. For those of us in this room that are seeking healing, I'm prophesying healing over your life. I prophesy, I prophesy healing over your life. God, I just pray that whatever is needed in this room, God, that in, the, in this moment, they feel a change in their body. Here's the deal, y'all. I'm sick and tired of the enemy going uncontested in our communities and in our churches. So I'm going to fight with every ounce of my being for true freedom in the spirit. So I just want to take a moment. I just want you to pray. If there's anything that you need prayer for, there's three guys up here. Maybe you think it's a little crazy. Well, why would I go up there and have them pray for me over that? Well, guess what? There's a reason why it's being brought to your mind right now, and you need to, you need to come. Maybe you don't want to share with us what's going on. But for some of us, it's time for us to even let go of the things that we're holding on to ourselves. That's allowing the demonic presence in our life that leaves us trapped. And none of us, nobody in this room is going to judge you. Nobody in this room is going to judge you. We want you to have freedom here today. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take a couple minutes here. God, I've declared your freedom over the people in this room. God, I'm praying for supernatural boldness in those that know that they need to come, even if they need to come right now. Give them boldness and courage to even stand. It's in their standing that their healing happens. It's in the, it's in, it's in, in their, in their, them standing in this way that you, they're making their call, saying, "I believe in what you, what you say." God, I pray for freedom where freedom is needed. God, there's somebody in this room right now that's turned away from you. They've received their healing. They've received their freedom. They've turned away from you turn to other things and try try to supplement what you alone can do. And God, I pray that your fire fall on them in this moment. And not only do they repent, they turn to you. God, as we just sit in this moment for Let's pray. Conviction. Pray for repentance. I pray for healing.
feel like God's coming. There's somebody in this room that wants to come. And just, they're too scared to come. Just God, and God says, just come. Just come. Just come do it.
to God as we in this time. God, I just pray for those who didn't come. God, I pray that you're a man, you are a man of your word. So I pray, still continue to pray healing, freedom. God, I, I, God, I lift everyone that came up and prayed and those in this room, God, that when they leave here today, they are emboldened. They walk in their healing, walk in their promise, walk in the authority. God, I pray for where there's somebody here maybe looking for your spirit to pour out on them. I pray that it's poured out in this moment. I pray for the battles that we'll face this week. God, we remember the moment when we sit there and you said, it's done. It is finished. I pray for the hearts of everyone in here, God, that they find themselves sitting in your presence from now and forever. God, I pray for every opportunity just to sit at your feet. God, I pray as I sit in your feet, you out overflow out of me into the community in which I live work and play. I, play, I pray for revivals to happen wherever we step foot. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. I love every single one of y'all. If you, and to be honest, if you didn't feel like coming up here right now, just come find, find one of us here in the pit. Come talk to us. Let us pray over you. But there is freedom here. Everybody good? Hearts and minds clear? Cries of outrage?